Welcome to the Empowered Curiosity Podcast. I'm your host, Kat Lee, and we are here to explore the ideas, stories, and experiences of what it means to be a curious and empowered human. We will talk about how to anchor into your relationship to intimacy, emotional alchemy, embodiment medicine, and conscious relationships. On this podcast, my guests and I will be sharing wisdom about coming back home to the truest version of yourself. So starting this week, I am inviting some guests who are near and dear to my heart. They're a little bit more of personal conversations that I'm going to be having. And we're going to start out this week with Jackie Chuang and Lauren Sessa. And they are recent graduates of the 2020 Circle of the Heart Lab. That's my group coaching program, and my intention with this program is to help you rewrite your relationship to love, belonging, and trust. And these two powerful women are here to share what they learned from the program, but most importantly, they are here to share what they learned from each other as they witnessed each other in our weekly group sessions. Because I've said this over and over again, that there's something magical that happens when a community of aligned women come together. And gathering in circles is something that our feminine ancestors knew how to do, and it was just part of their social structure. But in our modern world, these opportunities to gather and truly open up and reveal ourselves is so rare. This all goes back to our traumas. So some of us have big T trauma, some of us have small T trauma. Trauma is, I think of it as the chemical signature of a past experience. And what happens is when you place your attention on a past emotion, past experience, identity, and you react to your current situation from that memory, it's almost like on a chemical level, you are reacting from that space. You create a reality that mirrors your past. And that is where many of us get stuck in our traumas. In the decade of doing this work, I've noticed that there is something that trauma always needs in order to heal. Trauma needs to be witnessed. When we gather in a container that's rooted in the power of our femininity, it is done in a way that we aren't creating hierarchy and competition. It's really simply to witness. When we root into our feminine power, it is simply to witness, to hold, and to nurture one another so that we can each uncover our own sovereign strength. Because what you do in the face of trauma or in the memory of a trauma is you shut down parts of your consciousness to keep yourself safe. Simply being witnessed and being seen and heard is medicine. Because for many people, the trauma is actually around not being seen and heard. In the work of the Heart Lab, I help you look at how and where you have anchored your energy in your history. I help you see if there's a story that keeps you from your present. And I help you see if you are invested in an identity that no longer serves you. And then... Once you have that curriculum down, then the magic of community in these group coaching sessions is that you learn how to be seen and heard in a place where other people will help you ground and co-regulate your nervous system so that those parts of your consciousness, those parts that got exiled and shoved in the corner are encouraged to come out of the shadows and into the light. 
I'll be opening up registration for the Heart Lab this week, and the next circle gathers in March 2021. If you are at all curious, I encourage you to check this out. I've got all the information on my website, empoweredcuriosity.com, and then you can hit the little tab that says the Heart Lab. And I'm also opening up my schedule this month, this entire month, so that I can have connection calls with you. So if you have any sort of curiosity, if you want to share a bit of your story and just really see if we're a good connection point, Point, then you are welcome to book a free 30-minute connection call with me. I will only be teaching this course once this year. I've got a whole lot of other things planned for the fall and winter of 2021, and so I'm really just focusing in on the Heart Lab for the spring quarter. If you don't get a chance to sign up this year, then you're going to have to wait all the way until 2022 again. If you are at all curious, Like I said, check out the website, book a connection call with me, and I hope I get to connect with you soon. And here we go. Here is Jackie and Lauren. I hope that you resonate with their message. Really, they they lay their hearts on the line in this episode, and I'm so truly grateful for what they share and also just for how they showed up in in our group coaching program. And I hope you get to, to feel that magic as well. recent graduates of the Heart Lab from 2020, and I've asked them on to talk specifically about the medicine of community. And the reason why I'm doing this is because I think that there is something so magical that happens in the presence of community when when a group of well-intentioned humans comes together. Um, yeah, there's just something that comes alive within that container and uh, Lauren and Jackie have had the experience of being in the Heart Lab as a group coaching container. And I wanted you to share your experiences, but um, also know that like it's like I think that one-on-one work is amazing and great and and I it's the bread and butter of what I do, but there is something that I cannot recreate in a one-on-one setting that seems to just, generate in a small group. And so I'm so excited. Thank you so much for for being on the podcast. And yeah, I'm I'm really just like I feel super sparkly just even thinking about what this conversation is going to be like. So welcome. Well thank you for having us. Yes, thank you. Uh, Yeah. So I think I want to start by just getting into like where you two were before you started the heart lab. And when I think about like, if I could put a, just a couple of adjectives into, in to sort of like encapsulate like the initial hits I got from both of you, like independence comes straight to the top for me is um, and this is, probably true across the board of, of a lot of um, folks who listen to my content is like, we're the go-getters, we are the caregivers, we are the ones who get shit done. It's highly independent. Um, and so to think about independence in the context of 
being vulnerable in a group, like those seem like really hard juxtapositions. And so um, I'd love for you to just maybe share a little bit about where you were before you showed up into the heart lab. Sure. Um, I definitely was in that space. I was a, I can do anything and I can do it on my, by myself. I don't need anyone to, mm. to help me along the way. And, and I got this, but I was also in a place where I felt very lost. Um, just kind of not having a lot of direction in life and not being very inspired um, about where I was going, what I was doing and just kind of seeking for something a little bit more. I know that there was an emptiness and I was just looking for something to fill that void. And I just didn't know exactly what I needed to do or where I needed to go or what was happening, but I knew that there's something I needed to dig a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and yeah, and that's when, when I saw like you were looking, you know, doing the heart lab, I'm like, okay, this is, this is something that I care about. And, you know, I've been on a wellness journey the last couple of years and, and, you know, focusing really on my, my physical health. And it was time to try and kind of turn inwards and figure out like, okay, yes, I can do all this by myself. And yes, I can go out there and attack the world and do all this. But I was just feeling very empty and lost and, mm-hmm. and, and needing to fill that space with something that was a little bit more than just the, you know, societal expectations of what success looks like, mm. you know, being a woman, you know, in my forties now, uh, like this is what I need to achieve in my life. And this is what I need to project. And this is who I need to be. And, and that wasn't serving me. Mm-hmm. And so that's, that's how I ended up here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Lauren, I know that you can definitely relate to the, like the external manifestations of success. And so mm-hmm. can you share a little bit yeah. about Yeah. Um, I think, you know, Jackie and I have very similar stories in terms of our upbringing, our childhood, the, the, the core wounds and trauma that we experience. And, um, you know, that experience has helped us, you know, be a force in the world. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, we, we were able to like you said, get shit done, go climb the career ladder and dominate and uh, support ourselves. And um, those are all things that the external world views as successful. Uh, But despite all of that success, despite the fact that I felt really connected to my teams, like Jackie said, there, there was this something inside of me saying, this cannot be all that there is because I have everything that the world says I should have in order to be happy. Mm -hmm. And I am not happy. I don't even know what I am, Mm. Uh, but it is certainly not happy. There was a longing for something that I hadn't realized yet. And I was on a tear to figure out what that was. Mm -hmm. And I had done a lot of one-on-one work. I had sought out a lot of different modalities of um, healing energy work, different types of therapies. Um, but I think like you were alluding to earlier, there's a certain point that that takes you to, and then you have to take it to the next level. Mm-hmm. And it's one thing to uncover all of the, the wounds and the trauma so that you can see them and you lay them out. 
and you look at what you're dealing with. But it's a it's another thing to be able to integrate those things so that you can move forward making better and different choices that lead to different outcomes. This group, I can't tell you what <laughs> um, drove me to this. I can't tell you how I happened upon it. But all I know is that it was perfectly and divinely orchestrated because <laughs> it is the medicine that I needed. Mm-hmm. And we've, and we've talked about that in our group. You know, I remember the first, it was either the first session or the second session where it just felt like there was a divine timing with, with every single person in that group. Like you all were just primed and ready to jump into the deep end and, there was fear, of course, and there was resistance, of course. Um, but there was, I don't know, like a common resonance of like, just take me there. And so how was it for you showing up to those group sessions in the beginning? Like <laughs> Jackie's I'm laughing terrified. already. I'm laughing because it was terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> it was terrifying because I was putting myself up for display. Mm. Um, it was, it was very intimidating. It was terrifying. Didn't know, you know, what I was going to say or what I was talking about. And like, how, like talking about my traumas, my past, my upbringing, my relationships and, and all of that, that was very, very scary to kind of put a lens on myself and share. But ultimately, like I felt so seen and so heard. Um, I, I just didn't feel alone. You know, this whole time I've been processing everything and trying to figure it out and do it on my own. Mm. And, and that works for me because I'm in my little, you know, my own little world, but I have blinders and then I forget there's a whole other world out there and every other people also feel the same way and going through something similar. And so when we started to have our group sessions and really talk about what we're going through and our attachment styles and the pains of how, you know, ultimately I didn't believe that I was worthy and that I didn't have any self-love. I just, I really, really struggled with all that. And, and knowing that I wasn't alone in that struggle mm. um, and knowing that I had, you know, people surrounding me, supporting me, helping me, it was just really empowering. And it gave me a lot more confidence um, about, about sharing my story and being vulnerable and putting myself on display like here <laughs> <laughs> and being okay with that fear because knowing that it heals. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there is something about being seen and heard that is such a scary and vulnerable step to take, but it's also like such a deep craving that we all have, you know. How about you, Lauren? Yeah, so I mean, I definitely remember you um, saying that in our first session, you know, there was something that was bringing this group together, right? There was uh, you know, in my view, it felt like a collective seeking for a way out of our individual prisons, right? Mm. Our like complete strangers laying their bare naked souls down in hopes that like someone, anyone would see them, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's, a, it's a trust fall that like lays everything on the line because we get to this point where our longing for more outweighs, quite frankly, the comfort of sitting in our pain. Mm -hmm. And, um, 
you know, it feels like your soul, like fighting, like Jackie said, to be seen and to be heard. And, um, you know, I will forever be grateful for that, for you and that group, uh, for what transpired over those, those, those weeks, because um, it was magic Mm. and it is sacred and it is the ultimate healer. And I think, you know, you said earlier, I have a really hard time replicating the magic of a community container in a one-on-one session. And I think when I think about that, that brings me back to this concept of, um, you know, that, uh, you know, at our core, our core frequency is love, right? Mm -hmm. But like, how do humans, how can we possibly define that, right? Like, we don't even have the capacity (laughs) to know what that means. But when we're in community, in the spaces that you create and in the space, in the container of the heart lab, we're able to see different facets of love in others. Mm. And when we are truly seeing and experiencing each other in the darkest of moments, something shifts Mm. and we can see ourselves stripped down and it's an illumination I feel that it is the recognition of oneness in each other. And I think that's why it's impossible to replicate. (laughs) Um, Yeah. yeah. I think it also, and I saw this, I think particularly like between the two of you, um, like Lauren, you being able to see Jackie and Jackie, you being able to see Lauren, like it helped you see that those parts of you are not broken, you know? So, you know, these, if you can surround Jackie with all this love around um, some of the wounding that she had in childhood, and it like resonates really deeply with the same wounding that you had in childhood, like, like if, if I can love Jackie in her deep, deepest wounding, then how can I not love myself in my deepest wounding? Right. Mm -hmm. And like, I think that that's just, that's the reason why we gather. That's why women have been gathering. I think that we've um, gotten pulled away from that deep, deep medicine of community, of sisterhood, of being able to share our stories. And instead we've, like you said earlier, like we've imprisoned ourselves into these like individual pods being like, I got this shit all by myself, (laughs) you know? Um, And, and I give each, um, I, I mean, I've, I've taught the heart lab for several years now. um, But last year was the first year that I had taught it as a group coaching experience. And I gave you all the nickname um, magic because I knew that this circle, this, you know, space of being able to see each other, like I, like at a certain point, like I would just step away from some of those calls, you know, not physically step away, obviously, but like, like I would let you all take over um, because there was no amount of me coaching the situation that was going to make this more medicinal. It was more about setting the container and letting you all do the work of reflecting and seeing each other and holding each other. That was the medicine. And so, yeah, there was just, 
that's something I cannot replicate in a one-on-one setting. And I've, and I've seen it over and over again in retreats where you all end up becoming the medicine holders. Um, Yeah. I think if I think about it long and hard enough, it makes me a little bit angry that our modern culture robs us of that. Right. Mm. And that not only, not only that, but, and and then it falls on us to find, right. Mm. Um, Which is a really hard thing to do because much of our trauma leaves us not trusting other people and feeling like, Oh, I'm safer in solitude. So yes, when Jackie is laying herself down for me to see in the most raw form possible, and that is resonating with me, uh, I'm, I'm going to do the same because not only do I know that I'm safe, I also know that I'm not crazy. Mm. And that, and I also know that, um, I'm not the only one that feels this way and I don't have to put on my, my strong suit mm-hmm. and I can fall apart and I can trust in this container that I am going to be held in my surrender, mm-hmm. which in, in my personal experience, I was not done for me when I was a child. Mm-hmm. And so this, uh, this experience for me personally was extra healing because I had an experience that I had never had before um, growing up Mm -hmm. and it blew my mind that it was happening with complete strangers (laughs) that I instantly connected with. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think that was the most amazing thing is bringing together people who complete strangers and all of a sudden you just have this foundation and you're able to connect with them, not necessarily knowing the details of their lives or the history or whatnot, but really seeing them. Mm-hmm. seeing them and also being seen yourself because you bring that energy to that space of the willingness to be vulnerable and to talk about the traumas and the pains that you maybe don't do on a regular basis. And Lauren said, we, in a society, we don't really talk about this. We don't have these conversations and to have mm-hmm. this safe space was incredibly empowering. Mm-hmm. And, and I know like Lauren, you and I share so much in common in our past and our upbringings and everything. It was like, it was like having a mirror in front of me in terms of, you know, whenever you spoke about what you were going through, I'm like, yes, I totally relate to that. And I see that. And I feel that. And, oh, this explains, this helps me identify so many different things. Mm. And, and that was really, really powerful. And, and also in terms of, you know, Kat, what you mentioned is when you struggle with self-love and you see someone and you see them being vulnerable and opening up and you see their pain and you realize, you know, what you would do to help them and support them and give them love. And, and then that also internalized, like, I don't do that for myself. Like mm-hmm. I can do that for someone else, but I'm not doing that for me. And that process of, you know, being in a, in a group environment helped me speak to myself and relate to myself differently that like, oh, I can be this person for someone else. Like, how do I be this person for myself as well? Mm. And so that, that really kind of highlighted that, the aspect of self-love and self-compassion um, that I don't need, why am I so hard on myself? Mm. Why am I beating myself up for being human? Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that's such a message. Like if I could just highlight that piece, like so many people need to hear this um, because as caregivers, we are validated for, over giving and over showing up and overdoing and we aren't validated or even 
recognized or acknowledged for doing the same for ourselves. And so we internalize this message of, oh, I'm being selfish or, oh, I can't do this for myself or, you know, I'm taking something away from someone else. And really, like, we need to be practicing more opportunities to fill our own cups so that we can be of service to someone without being a martyr. I want to shift the conversation a little bit and hear about accountability and how community holds you accountable um, and what your experience was like with, with that. There's, there's something about when you speak it out loud, um, it makes it real. Mm-hmm. And it's easy for me not to hold myself accountable if I'm the only one who's speaking, if I'm the only one talking to myself about what I'm going to do, it's easy to let myself slide. Um, but in a group setting, you get the opportunity to say, this is what I'm going through. This is the shit that I'm working on. And, and this is where, you know, everything that's happening. So it makes it real. Mm-hmm. It gives it life, if you will. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, instead of being this conceptual thing that you think about in your head, it becomes a real thing that you start working on. Hmm. And I don't know if I would have been as accountable if I didn't have that group space to, mm-hmm. to practice it on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for me, I think the way that I think about it, I, I have never been a, a person who will be accountable for myself. Like if I, for example, if I hired if I wanted to get into a certain kind of shape, I would hire a fitness trainer, right? Because I have to show up. I have to do the work. I have to make that person proud. I have to do more and harder and better. Right. Um, uh, But if I was accountable to myself, I, you know, that never held any weight for me. So for me, accountability in this scenario is these people are showing up in this container with uh, in full surrender and in full trust and, I need to show up in that same way because it needs to be an equitable exchange. Mm. Um, so not only did I do that, um, but I also looked forward to uh, seeing these people, right? Like I, I looked forward to knowing that we were all doing the same work week over week. And uh, we were, you know, celebrating the pains and joys of it all. Um, and then like Jackie said earlier, uh, I, I started to develop a sense of, I don't, I don't need to, I don't need somebody else to keep me accountable. Mm-hmm. I, I finally got to the place where I can call myself on my own bullshit now and do the work. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think yeah. that's what, what it was for me. And that was such a beautiful thing to be able to witness is like the amplification of energy, you know, mm-hmm. it was, and it was not coming from a place of, you know, competitiveness. Like I think that like sometimes in in group settings, it can come from a place of like, well, my story is more, you know, traumatizing than your story. And here it is. It was not that energy at all. It was like, oh, like if, you know, if Lauren is being this vulnerable, like I feel safe enough to be vulnerable as well. Mm -hmm. Um, And so like, I feel like each week, there was just like deeper and deeper layers that got accessed as you 
all started feeling safer and safer with each other as well. And recognizing that you could lay down the most horrible, shitty story that your ego is telling you. And this group is going to love you anyway. Um, And yeah, it was just so amazing to, I feel like almost every week there were tears. (laughs) (laughs) For me. Yeah. (laughs) I was going to say, I'm I'm pretty sure there were. Um, Typically when Kat came on the screen, I just start crying because I knew it was about to happen. So I just got it out of the way. Um, but I did, I did want to mention one thing that I thought was interesting. Um, you were just saying, Kat, how like, you know, week over week it got deeper and there was this, you know, energy exchange and people felt safe to keep uh, peeling back the layers. Um, and while all that is true, the interesting thing I, I learned about myself is um, there was there was somebody in particular in the group that had, um, you know, that was dealing with stuff that I perceived was way bigger than my shit, right? And so I was getting triggered in the moment, like, who am I to complain now, you know? Um, And so I got over that too, you know, the group holds you through that too. Um, So yeah, just everybody's energy uh, holding space. You know, I know that's a cliche term, like in this, in this community, (laughs) but it, it's exactly what is happening. We are holding space for the burden, you know, that we've been carrying for each other. Mm-hmm. I'm so glad you said that because I, I completely agree. I think I have a tendency to diminish myself. Mm-hmm. And whenever I hear like, oh, this is what somebody else is going through, like, oh my God, yes, absolutely. And And that's something that this space provided is I'm going through something as well and it doesn't make it invalid and having that space in that container just to be able to speak my process and what I'm going through was, was just so, so nourishing Mm -hmm. because in the past it's just like, Oh, Oh yeah. My problems are, they're not important. They're not big. Then you talk, you take up space. You, you have always giving that to someone else and never taking space for myself Mm -hmm. in terms of saying, okay, this is the shit that I'm going through and not comparing myself, not comparing my problems to somebody else's problems. And, and just knowing that like, we're all going through something, we're all dealing with something and, and maybe it's not exactly the same, but ultimately those feelings, those emotions, all those underlying self-criticisms and doubts and all that, that's all real. And that is all shared and we all experience it no matter what the circumstances are. Yeah, yeah. And I think that that was like such a huge thing for me when I started going to retreats um, and being held in, in those kinds of spaces is this feeling of like, yeah, our stories are all different, but the human energetics, the human emotions underneath them all, like we're all like related in this like oneness, like, Mm -hmm. and, and if we can all relate to each other on that resonance, like think about how that ripples out into the rest of the world, you know, think about how that ripples out into your relationships, your communities, and then beyond that, um, and so I keep getting drawn to these these places where we can just tell our stories, but then also simultaneously like release our stories and just mm-hmm. relate on the human to human level. Yeah. Yeah. I think the thing that I loved um, walking away um, from the workshop with was, um, 
you essentially learned that like you can detach from your story. Your story does not define you. Mm -hmm. What happened to you is not, is unfortunate, right? Uh, but it, it's not your fault. Mm -hmm. And you, but now you have the responsibility to <laughs> do better, right? Mm -hmm. um, I, I felt like I put a, a, a huge burden down because I didn't feel like I had to keep identifying with my pain and saying, well, I'm this way because this happened to me and I do these things because I had this experience. I walked away saying all of those things are true and I'm not going to let them define me anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. A little sense of empowerment. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I mean, that's essentially the teachings of every spiritual teacher, writer, like Eckhart Tolle talks about it. Pima Chodron talks about it. It's really just like, how can you, detach from your identity and release those stories in such a way that they're integrated and not coming from a place of like bypassing or like I'm just you know putting that under the rug like how can you fully look at that story and yet not identify with that story and mm -hmm. that's such a huge huge lesson um, to carry through your life uh, because you get to just pick up things and then let them go when they no longer serve you anymore you know and it's as easy as that and I know it sounds like an oversimplification but once you have the context and the tools you can do that mm -hmm. and it is so freeing mm -hmm. yeah. mm -hmm. one of my favorite exercises from um you know the heart lab was the the exercise about your journal your feeling friends Mm. <laughs> um, inviting your feeling friends for a cup of tea, sitting it down and, and having a discussion. And, and that was amazing. Mm. Really getting able to dig into, okay, what is this feeling? And, and where is this feeling coming from? And, and digging into that story and that belief about myself that I just held on to for so long and, and being able to sit there and be with it and feel it and say, thank you. And letting that go. It's like, okay, I understand where that came from. And I understand why. Um, I feel the way that I feel and I don't want to feel that way anymore yeah. and being able to let go and, and move forward from that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That was a very powerful uh, exercise for me. Yeah. Thank you for saying that. And just to give folks a little bit of context, um, you know, I, I think that a lot of times when we identify quote unquote negative feelings in our lives, we have a tendency to, um, shy away from them, put them down, like put them in like a deep dark box and not want to look at them. Or we fully identify with that feeling of like, I am an angry person or I am a sad person. You know, anytime you put an I am statement, um, like your identity is wrapped up in that. And, and so one of the things that we, that I have you do in the heart lab is identify what feeling you're feeling and then think of it as like a friend who is coming over to have a cup of tea and asking them, you know, why are you angry? And, you know, really thinking of them as teachers who are trying to lead you to, you know, certain things in your life. You know, if you're angry, there is likely a reason that you're feeling angry. And so that's a thing that you need to look at. If you're feeling sad, that's also a thing that is trying to come through as a lesson. And um, 
the more and more we suppress and dismiss like the louder and louder that that angry friend is going to get um and so that is yeah that's i think that is a powerful tool to just walk away with now and 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 i don't know about you jackie but now i will sit down and have a cup of tea like literally a cup of tea when i'm feeling angry and have this like internal conversation it's not always journaling for me um though i think journaling is a very very powerful tool but yeah like i will sit down and be like okay anger like let's talk let's just talk it out and like almost have this like like running dialogue this conversation with my friend anger um, and ask her what it is she's trying to tell me. Yeah, I actually, I do that all the time now. It's like, I, I, I do have a lot of conversations with myself, especially like, oh, there's this feeling like, oh, this is interesting. Why am I, what's going, okay, this is, something is happening. Let's, let's, you know, sometimes I'm writing it down in journal, but I do have that conversation. I'm like, what's going on? Why am I feeling this right now? Yeah. What is the root cause of this? And, and just, having that dialogue and, and, and exploring and being curious instead of just feeling it, mm-hmm. I think it is so great. It's like, okay, now I've identified it. Okay. Now I know why this is happening and, and I can do something about it or change it or understand it and just not feel lost and not yeah. feel just a ball of emotion that I can't do anything about. And it's just tied up inside and doesn't know how to be expressed and it comes out and then it'll later manifest itself in different ways yeah. <laughs> throwing tantrums or just being mean to people that like why am I being mean to this person mm-hmm. there's no reason for that like oh it's because I didn't I didn't actually have my 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 cup of tea with my feeling friends about what's going on <laughs> <laughs> or it gets lodged yeah. in your body too like that's yes. that's another way that it gets stuck yeah go ahead Lauren you had something to say um, yeah, I think the, the other great thing is that you help us distill down those feelings. Sometimes, like, I remember working with you and you said, you know, you're feeling resentful, but resentful is like a kind of an overarching emotion. So let's distill that down. Um, and then I think that the key is like Jackie said, the curiosity, right? The curiosity allows you to respond versus like get swept away in the emotional, um, aspect of it all. And so that is really helpful uh, because you can take an objective stance and be like, oh, you're here. What is, what are you doing here? (laughs) You know, (laughs) what are we talking about today? Or even if I'm, I've noticed that when I'm really not feeling the emotion, so um, just in this really great way, and, or I, uh, for instance, notice that my leg is shaking, right? While I'm working, Mm. I'm like, oh, I'm anxious, something's happening. So I take a little lap, right? And I do, uh, you know, I do some some questioning with myself and I, I typically am able to get down to uh, the heart of the matter and then deal with it. Mm-hmm. And that's what I love about the Heart Lab is that um, prior to sitting in that group, I would have just gotten very scared and very confused and extremely frustrated with, what I was feeling and why I was feeling it, because oftentimes you're just not able to identify it mm-hmm. and then you spiral. Yeah. Yeah. It's oftentimes it feels like, like you've got a, and I think you, you shared this in one of the groups, Lauren is like, it feels like I have this tantruming child and I've fed it and I have changed its diaper and I don't know like what else it needs right now. And, um, 
And so like, if we can distill down that feeling and give it exactly what it needs, right? So oftentimes I say it's important to distill down what, what your, what your feeling is so that like, like anger, for example, needs to move, you know, it needs like an outward expression of movement. And so, you know, sitting down and telling an angry person to meditate for 30 minutes, that's just going to piss them off even more. Or like grief feels like it needs a ceremony. It needs some sort of honoring and like, and so like telling somebody who's grieving that they need to just go for a run is not the right medicine. So it's important to really distill down exactly what it is that you're feeling so that you can apply the same or apply the right medicine so that you're not just going through the 10 different things on your to-do list and, and trying to find one that fits, you know? Um, I think I was going to circle around to this question, but I think we're going to go at it a little backwards because it sounds like through the feeling friends and, and working with your emotions in this way, like you've learned how to um, hold space for yourself. Um, so I want to relate it back to the community aspect of like, how was that process? Like, did the, like holding space for community, did that come first or did holding space for yourself come first? Like, like, can you talk to me a little bit about like what that transition felt like or if it was simultaneous? I mean, for me, I showed up because I wanted, I wanted to help myself. Right. But I think I very quickly found that when we started, I was going into like be there for others mode and people please mode and, you know, all, all of the things. Um, so I was definitely like holding space for others, but then like we spoke about, um, that stuff was just mirroring right back to me. And it was like an immediate understanding that this is exactly how you have to care for yourself. So I think, you know, like I said, at first it was for me, but then it, it kind of flip-flopped. Mm-hmm. It kind of flip-flopped uh, based on what I perceived people needed uh, week over week or how um, stable or unstable I was. Mm-hmm. Um, but I never once felt unsupported. I always felt um, held in all of the right ways. Um, and I think that's also like the magic of it. It just, the way that it flows, it just seems, uh, you know, so perfect. Mm-hmm. Uh, like you, like you couldn't plan for it yeah. to have, you know, unraveled the way that it, that it did. Yeah. Yeah. Very similar for me. It just took out, okay, I'm going to do this thing and we're all here for each other. And like, how can I be of service of others? Mm-hmm. Um, and through that process, you know, I think it, it was, it was a learning experience for me in terms of how much easier it is to be kind for other people and supportive of other people. And how that in turn helps me be supportive and kind to myself. Mm-hmm. And, and so that that was really fantastic, just being able to hold space for others and in turns like, okay, I again, providing that same kind of feedback where like being kind to others, being kind to yourself, how much of a, a mirror it was, a reflection in, in who you are, how that shows up in your community, um, in this group, in this dynamic. Mm-hmm. And so it was very it was very nurturing um, to be able to to reflect back on myself the same way that I was able to be there for others. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Once we saw people um, really unraveling, we we felt this um, shared responsibility to to hold each other. 
And so, yeah, it just was like as supportive as I could have ever hoped for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm not saying like for everyone listening, I'm not saying that this work is um, easy. <laughs> no, <laughs> there, there were like painful, ugly, like uncomfortable moments uh, for sometimes days on end, you know, and, and I don't just mean emotionally because as you'll learn, you know, once you start peeling back these layers, the body revolts because the body is what is what is storing all of this stuff. Um, and, you know, we, we never allowed ourselves to fully move through that stress cycle. And so um, it's in that container that we're learning all of that. So, um, yeah, we had fun. We moved, we breathed, we danced, but we also, you know, <laughs> had some moments that were... Uh, we're low, you know, but it's also so liberating um, because you have all those other people witnessing you and holding you and, um, and uh, cheering you on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, it, it is a very personal and it is a personal experience and journey. And there's a lot of self-reflection and having that space of coming together once a week to be able to talk about what you're going through and what you discovered and what you're processed really was helpful versus just constantly being on your own and in your own head space. Yeah. I think that was fantastic. That release, because Lauren said, as Lauren said, it was, it was hard. There was a lot of, there was crying, you know, in our calls and by myself and a lot of journaling, a lot of like self-discovery. And, and there are times when I'm like, why am I doing this? This is like, I don't want to look at myself. I don't want to deal with this. I don't want to, I don't want to do this right now. And, and there were times where I resisted and maybe didn't do all the exercises or journal uh, all the processing and whatnot. But when I showed up in the the calls, it's like, okay, this is why remembering and reminding of why I'm doing this and, mm-hmm. and what this process looks like. And then, okay, going back and, you know, maybe, in, you know, doing things out of order, but having that support was really helpful in terms of the constant, you know, reflection, internal reflection and internal uh, intrigue of what was happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what I love that I hadn't anticipated at all going into this is like not knowing what is like, like, yes, I knew that like internal work was going to happen. I didn't know how it was going to show up externally for y'all. And each and every single one of you had a major thing that happened in your life Mm -hmm. and I'm not going to share everyone else's but um like for the two of you you ended up moving out of jobs that weren't in alignment for you like that's such a huge huge shift um can you share about what like what was that pivoting point for you like like you know being feeling burnt out or, or like, what was that shift for you? For me, it's, oops, sorry. Go ahead. For me, it was the difference um, between believing something to be true and knowing something, mm-hmm. right? And I got to this point where looking back on my 20 years in, in corporate America, was literally something that was utterly unbearable to 
keep going back to because it was so clear that it was out of alignment for me Mm -hmm. that, you know, I got good at it because I acquired skills and I had certain behaviors that served me in, you know, the societal structure. Right. But that's not who I was. And so spending time being taxed by something that was not meant for me was just a non-negotiable moving forward. Yeah. There's like a clarifying of your values and a clarifying of your self-worth and a clarifying of like, you have limited energy. And so is this where you want to spend your energy or is there something bigger for you out there? And also for me, I, I got to very clearly see that a lot of the jobs that I was in and the positions I chose were reflections of my trauma. Mm. Right. So talk about not feeling aligned anymore as you are peeling back the layers of who you are. And as you are seeing yourself truly, uh, you're realizing that everything that you chose in your past was a result of, you know, the trauma and the Mm. wounds. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, yeah, it just becomes something that is not on the table any longer. Mm -hmm. I think value, seeing my value, I think you hit it, you know, the nail on the head. That's, that's the most important thing for me. And that was kind of the point where there was so much fear and there was so much doubt of taking that leap and not believing in myself, not believing that I would be able to land on my two feet or be able to figure out what was next. And, and, and taking that leap of faith in me and believing in myself that I'm worth it. And I don't know what's going to happen and that's okay. And being able to step outside of that to embrace something more um, because I was unhappy. It, it wasn't serving me. I was just, you know, emotionally and physically exhausted all the time. And that emptiness of searching for that meaning and searching for that purpose in life and having that also equate to me feeling you know, meaningless Mm. and not having any value and not having any worth. And it was a reflection. It was a reflection of my, my journey and my, my, and where I was. Um, And so being able to confront that, let go of that, or maybe embrace it, embrace the fact that like, this is, I don't know where I'm going, but I don't want to be where I am now. And I need to do something different about my life. I need to do something different about me and how I see myself and taking that, that, that leap. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think as the, the space holder, you know, there are times in which like there are weeks where I just wanted to bubble wrap you all. <laughs> in the weeks that you two shared that you were walking away from your jobs, like, like I had, like, I have to do my own work as we're doing this, right? Because I don't want to be projecting my own fears and my own insecurities and my own, like, like, oh my God, what are you doing? <laughs> but, um, but watching you both step into your sovereignty watching you both step into the scary hard places um, and seeing how, yes, things can be scary 
and you get to trust yourself at the same time. Like that's been like just the most beautiful thing to witness. And like, I don't know, is it okay to say that I'm proud of you? I'm proud of you. I'm proud of me. I'm proud of me too. Um, yeah, there just became something that I, I almost quite literally felt like, like, like there was some force that was turning me around from that thing. And I'm like, but what are we going to do? Like, what do you mean? We can't go this way. What are you talking about? I don't have plans. Mm, you know, Jackie plans. and I left our jobs with no plans. Yeah. <laughs> and about the tape. yeah. And it's like, oh, well, when, when you have the knowing to that extent, mm-hmm. then you, you, you just do it. Yeah. Um, and it's really beautiful to see how things actually do fall into place. Jackie and I joke about this. It's like, once you make space, you know, once you stop doing the thing that you're not supposed to be doing and giving your energy to, and that's depleting you, all of this opportunity opens up on the other side that you could not have even ever imagined or planned for. Yeah. And then you start to look around, like I'm on candid camera, like what is happening <laughs> here? Um, so yeah, it yeah. was beautiful and I am proud of myself and thank you for being proud of us. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it. I, I remember feeling that way as well, like along my own journey of feeling like as soon as I released the thing that was sucking so much of my energy, for me, it was a 12 year marriage, um, like, everything opened up you know like mm-hmm. you start seeing these opportunities where um where they they were likely there but you just couldn't see them before you know and um it's just this is this is not a program to get you to quit your job or to <laughs> leave your partner or to like <laughs> but it is a uh you know, my intention around it is like, how can we get to the truest version of you so that you can make decisions that feel aligned, that recognize your self-worth, that recognize that, you know, you are here with a, a huge purpose, you know, like I think each and every single one of us manifested into this world, into this lifetime at this particular time for a reason. And we get lost in what family, what society tells us that reason should be. Um, and if we can peel back all those layers and and just release you, like your true self out into the world, like I, I'm so excited for like what this next year is going to look for, look, look like for the two of you. Because I just... Like there's just gonna be so much accelerated growth and I and I don't know like and and nobody could possibly know. Like and that's sort of the beauty of it. That's the trust falling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think I learned so much about myself. Like I know this this course is, you know, all about relationships, um, romantic relationships, but I just got so much out of it in terms of that true self. 
peeling back all the layers and like, okay, so this is my belief. These are my values. And I added all these layers on top of it. And all of a sudden I became this person that I didn't even recognize Mm -hmm. and being able to dig deeper and peel back and figure out like, where did this come from? And then why do I hold on to this? And, and why do I feel this way about myself? And, and how does this impact how I show up in terms of my life and my relationships? And, and, you know, what do I want? I think that was a huge thing the that I got out of the room. What do, yeah, that's so hard. Like <laughs> a person so who doesn't hard. know who they, what they want and has murky boundaries and just like, just feels like, I just feel like I have gray edges around me and trying to like, okay, so I've got gray edges. Now let's create a little bit more form and definition defining, okay, I want this. Mm-hmm. And this is the kind of romantic partnership I want. And this is okay. And this is not okay. Being able to differentiate that, it was huge for me because, you know, so much, you know, having abandonment issues is like, oh, you like me? Okay, great. You'll accept me? Okay, great. And it's just like giving up so much of me to fit somebody else so that I can feel love and I can have that attention that, I mean, that was eating me up inside and being able to say, no, I don't want that. I want to be seen and I want to be loved for being me instead of being this version of me that I think you'll like. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That, that was huge. Yeah. 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 We, we got to um, walk away with a very stark contrast between ego and essence, right? Like, And I think that for me was huge, especially in walking away from my work, right? Because I had my entire identity was tied up Mm -hmm, in mm -hmm. who I was at work. I did not know who Lauren was outside of being the vice president of customer success at X company, right? Um, And this work allowed me to really separate those two things, my ego and my essence, and really sit with my essence and say, what do you love to do? What lights you up? Who are you? Like, what are the things that bring you joy? I could not answer you before. I would have said, you know, I work and I work out and I love to eat and I love (laughs) animals, right? Like that's really shallow shit. (laughs) Um, So I can, on a much deeper level, tell you um, the depths of who I am after going through this uh, program. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and part of that process is allowing yourself to be seen, you know, like that, like I could see each and every single one of you playing with that edge of, can I allow someone to see me? Um, Can you share a little bit about what that edge felt like for for you? If I'm being honest, it's easier for me to do that with people who I'm just meeting. Mm. It is much more difficult for me to do that with people who know me to be a certain way already, Mm. you know, childhood friends, family, former coworkers, things like that. Um, I feel much more um, scared to do it in in that uh, capacity. But with this group, because there was so much trust and so much love and so much holding, uh, I very quickly uh, was able to open and put myself forward. Mm-hmm. Was it easy for me to believe that I was worthy of taking up space? 
no, it took me a little while to get there. But um, the group made me feel extremely safe and extremely validated in who I am. Yeah, like your essence, as you're mm-hmm. saying. Yeah. Yeah, actually, it's, it's very similar where it was very, it's scary to be seen. Um, because there's a part of you that just wants to maintain this facade of being perfect uh, and not kind of look at all the cracks underneath that you're hiding. Mm -hmm. And it was easier actually to do it in a group where I didn't necessarily know people because I didn't have that judgment. I didn't Mm -hmm. feel like there was judgment on me. I was showing up and I could be raw and I could be vulnerable because we were all coming in and, and choosing to be here and choosing to be raw and vulnerable and to be seen with others and having that support and, and not being judged because it, and you know, Lauren's right. It's hard when, you know, you have built up relationships and they know you in a certain context to show up differently to all of a sudden, you know, here are all these cracks that I've been hiding from you for years. Do you still like me? <laughs> that's, that's scary. Yeah. And so it can be easier to do that in a, in a group environment, but it's also giving me the confidence like, Oh, I can do this with a group of strangers, like starting to expand and doing that with people in my life as well. Like, okay, I'm here showing some more cracks. Like, oh, you you didn't reject me. Okay, Mm -hmm. building that trust and showing more cracks and showing up in life a little bit more authentically than I probably have in the past because it was just so easy and and just years of practice of of holding that facade of perfection um, while trying to keep everything going underneath. You took my next question out of my mouth. I was going to ask you like how it's rippled out into your life. And so I'm so grateful to hear that it's not just like a thing that you got to practice in the group. It's like that, that got to be your training wheels because how you manifest and how you show up in, in your life is, is ultimately what we want, you know? Yeah. The confidence and empowerment we walked away from, is like invaluable. I, I could, I could never have imagined that I would have feelings of such self-sovereignty, mm. right, and worth to take up space and to just say who it is that I am, mm. and and have have that be okay if someone didn't resonate with that because Mm. I then knew that it had nothing to do with me and everything to do with that person, right? And that person's issues and trauma and the unresolved stuff that that they are dealing with. Mm -hmm. So I feel a little less down on myself. Um, I feel a little less judged. um, Or if I am being judged, it doesn't bother me as much uh, because I understand what's at play here. I understand how these scenarios come to be and um, and I have the tools to work through them and not be triggered by them. One of the things that I started doing, especially regarding boundaries was, you know, it's so easy for me to like, yeah, sure. Okay. Just very accommodating. And that's how I show up in life. And, and through this work, you know, whenever with my relationships in life, whenever anything popped up, I'm like, do I want to do that? Is that okay? I would stop to ask myself that question mm-hmm. and give myself some space before responding instead of immediately saying yes, because that was just my default way of being. Yeah. And so it really gave me that confidence to 
have those conversations and set boundaries yeah. and communicate those things. And also trusting my friends that they would still love me for mm-hmm. when I said that versus mm-hmm. like, oh, you're a different person and you're not as accommodating and all of a sudden I won't like you anymore. Mm-hmm. Cause that was the fear is, you know, the judgment, the criticisms that maybe people won't like me. Yeah. But I think that showing up a little bit more, having that confidence to say, oh, actually, I don't want to do this. Or can we do this instead? Yeah. Or just, you know, speaking up more in terms of instead of just letting comments slide, saying when something isn't right or isn't comfortable with me, yeah. being able to speak that instead of just holding it. Mm-hmm. I think you're speaking to like the nuance of boundaries is like, I think that a lot of times people think about boundaries as just being like, I must say no. And it's, no, it's, it's a little bit more complex than that. And it requires you to do the work of like asking yourself, you know, it, you know, what do I want? And, you know, what do I have resources for? Um, and can we come up with something that, that works for everybody instead of, just thinking of boundaries as being this like one color of like, like just fuck no. Yeah. And I love the concept of resources that you just brought up because I think another amazing thing I walked away from was I don't have to do everything for everyone. And not only do I not have to do everything for everyone. I don't even have to do a whole lot for myself on the days that I don't have the capacity. Right. I, we talk about this a lot. Like today was a day that I could only take a shower and stretch (laughs) and I could only (laughs) eat a meal and rest the permission that we have been given to rest and rejuvenate and be in this like yin state of being, uh, is gold. Mm. Uh, and it has, um, it has really injected a lot more productivity into my life, which sounds counterintuitive, <laughs> like, you know, but it's, uh, it's making the difference for me. Yeah. Yeah. I find that the more I do this work, um, the people who resist the like rest, um, like just be in winter message are the ones who actually need it the most. You know, it's the ones who are thinking, you know, if, what if I slow down and I never pick back up again, (laughs) you know, like that's, that's the fear is like, if I slow this down to a halt, like, will I ever feel motivated to get back into doing things again? And I find that those are the people who, who need that rest the most. And if we can rely on the wisdom of cycles and know that when you are ready, when you feel fully resourced, you are going to be ready to pick that, whatever it is that you do back up again. And, um, you know, it's not like, like someone forces spring to happen, like, like winter goes through its cycle. And then it's, it's just a beautiful awakening again. And, and we are no different. Um, and so being able to rely on those, the wisdom from cycles and nature, I think is, is such a huge teacher of mine. Um, I, I know that nature is my biggest teacher, like just being in nature. I think it was that stillness was really difficult for me. Um, that like rest, because I'm so used to go, 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 go. And all of a sudden it's this alien feeling like, oh, 
everything stopped. Now what? I should be doing something. And so there is that alien feeling. But but when I take that moment to rest and be regenerative and just have that moment of reflection and being in winter, it does provide me with so much more energy. Like, yeah, productivity, like all of a sudden, like there's a spark, there's inspiration, there is movement that happens from that rest, Mm -hmm. which is so much more powerful versus when you're just constantly moving at this rate that you think is sustainable. And then all of a sudden you hit a wall and you're like, oh, this, this doesn't work and things are falling apart around you. And so remembering to slow down and remembering to be still, even if it's uncomfortable, I think it's very, very healing because I, I feel recharged and I'm able to take on more um, than, I, than I did before because I was constantly moving. I never had that rest. Yeah. And productivity for the things that you feel passionate about too, right? Like, like Lauren, you and I have talked about how, like, there are some projects online for you and like, you will put in a full day of work and you feel refreshed enough to like, do this thing because you feel so passionate about it. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah. Um I love too that like your guys's friendship has gone beyond just the group dynamic, right? Yeah. Yeah, I um Jackie took the leap first in leaving her job and I was like right on the edge of it and um between that and the fact that like I said earlier a lot of our um core wounds were were very similar. Uh, we just, you know, there was just this kind of, you know, kindred spirit feeling between us. And so I had reached out to her offline and, um, it, yeah, it's such a beautiful reciprocal relationship. Um, she had expressed how grateful she was for the new friendship and, um, you know, the same for me. So we, yeah, we met up, we went to lunch, she was in town one day and, um, we continue to just uh, share our stories and our progress and our struggles. And I know that in Jackie, I have someone uh, who understands immediately without me having to explain that. Right. Um, And so I think that's a beautiful, I think that's a beautiful outcome. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's that shared experience of this course, but yeah, there's definitely that connection that we were able to to take into the real world. And, <laughs> and that's always nice because then I think it's when you surround your, yourself with people who know you and, and yeah, you can just, you don't need to explain and you can say, this is what's going on and this is what I'm feeling and this is, you know, where I'm at. Just having that support is is so important. And I think, especially as you get older, it's hard to make friends, you know, yeah. it's, it's hard to build relationships. It's hard to build communities. It's hard to establish that. And I think it's so important to, to continue to do that. And so, yeah, I'm very glad that we were able to continue this, you know, friendship and experience outside of the, the heart lab. And mm-hmm. yeah, when, you know, whenever I'm, I'm down in LA definitely like, okay, let's meet up and, you know, let's have coffee mm-hmm. when we can mm-hmm. um, and lunch and, you know, just being able to, to have that build upon that even more. Yeah. yeah I think um, the beautiful thing about it is that Jackie will support me and uh, not try to fix my problem. She will, she will hear me and tell me how hard that is and how much it sounds like it sucks. And how can I support you versus, trying to make it better mm-hmm. uh, and that's a it's a it's a subtle nuance but it it 
makes that's a huge, huge difference. Yeah, yeah, it's absolutely huge. Yeah. I think it's one of the things that I'm most proud of coming out of the Heart Lab is that there are connections that are not just in the context of the the 10 weeks or the 12 weeks that we spend together you know I've Mm -hmm. I've had this happen in every single one of my retreats is there is some friendships that are struck that continue on past the container um Mm -hmm. so I'm I I I knew even before we put the group together that the two of you would resonate just because energetically (laughs) you guys are so similar um but there's always that fear of like, okay, so if like someone's like so similar to me, like, does that actually work? But um, yeah, there was some, there was something magical about the two of you. And, and I love that there's, there's still a friendship there. So yeah. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> yes. Thank for you that. for bringing us together. <laughs> <laughs> so I, always like to end actually I shouldn't say that this is a new thing in 2021 is I'm, I'm going to end these conversations with a couple of quick fire questions and so just the first thing that comes to mind okay so for both of you what is intimacy <laughs> you guys both made this like oh. open mouth gaping face <laughs> That's a quick fire question. (laughs) I'm borrowing it from Brene Brown because on her podcast, she asks, what is vulnerability? And I love the answers that come out of, out of her guests. And so I was like, okay, so like intimacy is my thing. Like, so what is intimacy to, to you? So intimacy for me goes far beyond any, I think a lot of people, when they hear the word intimacy, they think immediately they go to the place of like sexual intimacy, right? But there are a lot of different ways that you can be intimate with yourself or intimate with a partner that do not include like physical touch or sex, right? Um, And so really for me, it's, uh, and the theme I'm probably working with is, um, how do I reintroduce myself to myself mm. and how do I provide um, nourishing and care uh, in the ways in which I would have liked to receive um, in my, you know, my childhood, my past, my upbringing. And so getting to know all the spaces within myself that are feeling spaces and getting familiar with it and getting comfortable with it and being able to adequately and fully express those things uh, to other people so that they too can anticipate my needs. Because when someone else can anticipate what I uh, require, uh, that's intimate Mm -hmm. for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And you're totally speaking my language because it is like, you're right. Like it's so is beyond the sexual. It's, Mm -hmm. it's, it's a deeper definition. And so I'm trying to like reframe intimacy in the broader context. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm in, I'm in like, I'm an ocean in that way. Like I want to go, I want to know all the deepest depths of uh, someone. And I want, um, I will share that in the hopes that someone will share themselves in that way with me. And mm-hmm. that, um, that creates trust and safety and um, so that we can be intimate in other ways. Right. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I think the the sexual intimacy is like another level that you add on, but you need to have that base intimacy first. And that yeah. base intimacy for me is 
the safety and security to show up unapologetically of who you are to see all the cracks and the tantrums and the dark moments and the positive and that's tiny the small moments of just happiness and joy just seeing that full range and being comfortable with it enough that you're not hiding you're not hiding you're not there's no criticism there's no judgment there's just love in being able to show up as who you are, because then feeling comfortable enough to communicate your needs, your wants, your desires, and and not feeling like you need to hide that. Mm. For me, intimacy is like the safe and security. It's like a warm blanket that wraps you up. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. See, this is why I asked this question is because you guys <laughs> came up with these beautiful gems of answers. <laughs> um, this one's a little easier. So what is a book or TV show or movie that you're totally digging right now a guilty pleasure Bridgerton (laughs) uh definitely a guilty pleasure but I have been doing a lot of Bernie Brown just anything Bernie Brown is just it resonates with me and being able to show up being vulnerable and and exploring shame and how that shows up in your life as well yeah um for me and you already know this I just finished burnout Mm. um the book and I love it because it gives you so many tools to uh, like, you know, I believe in like self-guided healing Mm -hmm. and that gives you the tools to do it. It gives you the tools, the information to understand um, everything that there is to know about, you know, stress and uh, depletion and sleep deprivation and um, how to support yourself through all of that. Um, Yeah. So that was a good one. Yeah. I love both of them. And Burnout like is also just a funny book. Like I found myself yeah. laughing through that one. It was yeah. entertaining for sure. Yeah. Um, what's a practice that you use to anchor back into yourself? Gratitude. I started a daily gratitude uh, journal. And so every morning I sit down and kind of like, okay, what's going on and what am I grateful for? Mm -hmm. And that kind of just grounds me in terms of what I'm up to. And and sometimes it's something small, like just, you know, warm cup of coffee. And and sometimes it's much bigger in terms of safety and and privilege that that I experience in my life. And it just puts things into perspective. Mm Um, for me, I have um, I have a few daily practices. I always start my morning with a 20 minute um, just meditation, so that I'm not getting out of my my bed, allowing my ego to lead. Right, like mm. I'm getting really clear on um, how I'm feeling um, emotionally and physically. And then I also have um, a movement practice where I'll do um, a few moments of stretching and yoga. Uh, a lot of my work is around embodiment and getting back into my body and not feeling like, you know, I, I want to eject (laughs) from it. Um, so yeah, meditation and movement is something that I do, uh, daily. Mm. Love it. Well, that is, that was such a beautiful conversation. Thank you so, so much. I know that you both were a little bit nervous. We made it. We made it through. both were a little bit nervous coming on but like I I just knew that like the three of us being able to just sink in and have a conversation like it would just flow just because we've done it so many times before and yeah um yeah it was 
it's yeah. such an honor and privilege to hang out with you this morning. I hope that your stories resonate for other folks. And yeah, I really do think that we need to be sharing our stories more. Like, I think that there are so many things that are medicinal and I keep going back to the medicine of story. And so thank you for, for sharing mm. yours today. Thank you for creating and cultivating this space for us. It really, it has been such an emotional and fantastic journey of self-inquiry and and discovery that I don't think I would have done as quickly if I didn't have your coaching and your presence and the energy that you bring to every single conversation that I've ever had with you. Usually it ends up in tears, so I'm really glad that today <laughs> it's, 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 it's happiness. Um, but, but yes, just thank you so much for everything that you're putting out there. Mm, I'm receiving yeah. that. Thank you. We're love bombing you again. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Well, um, I always also like if, if anybody wants to follow up on your journeys, um, where can they find you? I know that Lauren, you're trying to um, share a bit more of your story on social media. So you've already dropped some really juicy tidbits already. Yeah, I'm. Uh, yeah, so I, I'm on Instagram. It's my first uh, and last name, Lauren And like Kat said, I'm just starting to share some of my journey and experiences um, with the world, and hoping that they'll resonate and, and help someone. I really think that this work is um, vital, and uh, having access to it, I think, is is something everyone should take advantage of. I'm also on Instagram, uh, talk to Jack. And I think, you know, this experience and, and also seeing Lauren's journeys inspired me to be maybe a little bit more bold and vulnerable on my social media. Currently, it's just, you know, pictures of my dog and, and fun things that I'm up to. But I think maybe sharing a little bit more because it is medicine. It is being able to put yourself out there to be vulnerable on display, but also, you know, how you connect with others and helping others with their journey and the process too. we are wrapping up I just want to send out a few pings of gratitude out there first of all thank you so much for listening thank you for being a part of our community and if you would like to support our project you can find us on patreon.com I would also like to send some thanks out to Mayan Kites, who creates original music for our podcast, and for Andre Lagasse, who produces these podcast episodes. Thank you.